Welcome to the Awareness Podcast. Every week, one of our four hosts, Bill Free, Jackie Greggs, Cindy Krupp, and Susan Telford, and their guests, will discuss spiritual awakening in everyday life. Listen in as they discuss their newest insights and share what has helped them remove the obstacles to self-realization, inner peace, and happiness. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Awareness Podcast with your host, Bill Free. And my guest this week is Jenny Sheehan. And uh, welcome, Jenny, and thank you for being on the Awareness Podcast. Hi. Hello. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Well, just uh, so you all know, I mean, of course, uh, you, all most of you know that the Awareness Podcast is has four hosts: myself, Susan Telford, Cindy uh, Krupp, and uh, Jackie Greggs. And this is our new uh, presentation for the Teachers of God Foundation, and it's also supported and sponsored by Pure Presence Conferences. And we have a rotation of hosts that are part of this podcast, as you know, and I had Francis Lucille the first month, and then I had uh, Jonathan Robinson, who are both spiritual uh, teachers, and uh, and they're very familiar with this format. Well, Jenny is not. She's not (laughs) one of, she's not a broadcaster. She's not a uh, a well-known spiritual teacher, but she is, you know, I, Jenny was one of the, one of my co-hosts for the Rupert Spira book study group that uh, we're doing right now. And the book that we're following and we're sharing is called being myself. And we have a lot of people that are in that book study, almost 2000 people are registered and there's about 200 of us that meet once a week uh, for that book study. And Jenny, being one of the co-hosts, she and I were talking in the green room before we went live for our book study uh, a couple of months ago. And uh, as soon as she started talking a little bit about her backstory, I thought, oh my God, I want her, I want you Jenny, to be in the awareness podcast, because our listeners, they're just, you know, they're just like you and they're just like me. I was a general contractor for 35 years before I found my spiritual legs in the path of love that drew me to itself. And your story, Jenny, was so alive and so fresh. And so I wanted our listeners to be able to hear uh, from someone that was really just like them and just like we are before we find our spiritual path, whether it's A Course in Miracles or uh, or the non-dual teaching or uh, many other paths that are out there. And so uh, just, uh, just a little bit of your backstory, Jenny, that I was hearing before we went live on the book study that interested me was that you found the course, you know, you, you have a history and we'll probably get into 
to some of the backstory, but on a professional level, you're a you're a like a a physician and a scientist. So tell us a little bit about how a physician, a scientist, and I don't know if you have a family or any of those things. I know you have a an awesome dog who likes to <laughs> bark while we're talking on the on the book study. So just give us a little bit of a backstory and how you came about finding your way to A Course in Miracles and then the non-dual teaching that we're looking at in the uh, Being Myself book study. Sure. Yes. Um, And, you know, so funny, the thought that popped in my mind, you said backstory and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm tired of that story. You know, I don't even don't identify with it anymore, which is, uh, which is a miracle. But um, yes, I just plotted along through life and went to med school and uh, did a residency in anesthesiology and and practiced for 20 years, um, active private uh, outpatient surgery center, very busy, very busy. And um, something happened uh, I got very close to anything having to do with spirituality. I mean, there was even a stage that uh, if Wayne Dyer was on the television PBS, my husband might put it on something almost like, and I would get that off. He's get him off the television and practically grabbing the remote this is how closed I was. And another example is um, we were med students and went to see the movie, The Matrix. And I sat in another part of the theater and fell sound asleep, sound asleep. I mean, unconscious. I, I look back on that now. I was so close to any idea of something beyond what my senses show me is real. Um, I, I just crack up about that now. I mean, they had to wake, my friends had to wake me up and be like, Jenny, the movie's over. So um, I, I, I can giggle about it now, but, um, and of course, I think The Matrix is a great movie. But, um, so that cracks me up, but uh, an underlying, you know, on the outside, you know, married, kids, the whole bit. I mean, part of my story is I have run almost every path. I've been down a lot of roads and taken them to their end point, you know, and still this just underlying despair, like there, this can't be it. And um, my prayer at night was, please don't let me wake up. Uh, and I would say I kind of went through an ag- agnosticism time, grew up K through 12 Catholic school. I mean, we went to mass every Sunday. I um, kind of in my 20s started realizing things didn't add up. And so then went into a really closed period to God or any concepts, um, spiritual concepts. But uh It wasn't until I did start going into 12-step AA rooms in 2013 and um, 
a phrase from the big book, happy, joyous, and free, really caught my attention. And, I, and something latched, I could say now my, my true self latched onto that. And I was like, that's what I wanted. And this will that had propelled me to, you know, a lot of highs and a lot of lows just shifted. And now I decided I really wanted that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the thing I love about your, um, your, what, what we were talking about in the, what I think we call the green room. The, the other part of that piece was, as a, as a physician, uh, you know, as someone that is a, is a scientist, you, and also the, the word you used as agnostic, uh, skeptic, I would say, also. Right. You know, that, that, that skepticism is, um, it can be, uh, it can seem like it's a, a, a block, but it can also act as a, a catalyst, a catalyst for someone that, um, that's, you know, skeptically willing to look skeptically willing to take a, take, you know, just take a peek. And from that, that, that actually make someone who wants to prove something isn't true or real, it becomes a more powerful uh, uh, movement towards the thing that they're trying to prove is not real because it, uh, it gives you evidence that you, uh, that you didn't have before. And, uh, and, and so for me, that statement is not only more powerful as a direct experience, it's also more powerful for people that are listening and watching and going, wow, how'd they go from that to that? Because that was a, Jenny, that was the thing that, that pulled me to, um, to uh, a course in miracles was, you know, as a, as a, practicing christian and you i think you you call yourself a recovering catholic yes and and for me that the professional uh, piece of it is what attracted me to a course in miracles because helen shuckman was a you know she was a professor she was a psychologist she had credentials of study and she was a bit of an atheist yeah. And, and that was attractive to me because I, it gave me a sense of, okay, this is someone who didn't think this stuff was real. And now she's hearing a voice in her head and writing down what it says. I totally can relate to that. And also uh, she didn't use it at all to make her living off of it actually became something that she wasn't proud of and didn't want mentioned in her obituary. So to, as a scientist skeptic, that appealed to me as it's easy to take to prove something's existence referring to itself, but to take something really, um, the course was, well, first of all, I couldn't even read it. I could only experience it as dyslexia, which I had never had any learning issues in my life. And a voracious reader, I mean, from uh, just always reading, reading, reading. And I could not read the text. 
Mm. It made no sense to me and kind of set it down for just a short few weeks. And during that time, I got on the internet and I wanted to know what this course was. I, and that's how I found out a little bit of the backstory of the course and, and the scribes and how it got published. You know, just it all of a sudden appealed to me because it wasn't, it was outside of the box from my Christian understanding that I had, you know, grown up with. And um, it also appealed to me because of the Christian language and in all my explorations in the Eastern religions and philosophies, there was a, a gap there in my understanding. So um, the course, the you know, as it says, the, the curriculum is one, the paths are many, and the course was my path. But um, after exploring what the course was for those few weeks, um, I basically said to Jesus, to God, to the universe, okay, um, expletive here, you know, um, <laughs> I'll do this stinking workbook and I don't think it's going to work and I don't believe in it, but you show me, I, I want what you're talking about and, and let's see, let's see. And, um, yeah, yeah probably, really less than halfway, something started to shift. Um, and I didn't do it perfectly. Halfway, and I halfway reading the course? No, halfway through the lessons. I'd say probably around the 130s, something started to shift. Okay, so halfway through, for you all that don't know, aren't familiar with the course. So the course has 365 workbook lessons. And then it has about 700 pages of text. And then it has a manual for teachers. It has a, a psychotherapy pamphlet and it has a song of prayer pamphlet. So it has a lot of content and you're about less than one thirty of the 365 and then, and then pick, pick it up from there. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. Um, so my foray into the course started with the workbook and with, with a very skeptical attitude. And um, I tried to do a lesson a day, but it wasn't a super priority. Um, I did try every morning to do it before I left for work. And um, I'd say something happened by lesson 130 that I wanted to be doing these lessons. And um Yes, it it I, I completed the full 365 lessons. It took me probably about 16 months. Again, I did not do it perfectly with um, the way the course might make it sound. And yeah, the the miracle was that something shifted in my mind, and I I don't know what it was, but I I wanted more of it. And and then of course. When I went back to the text after that year, more than a year, I, oh, it started to make a little bit of sense. Like my, I could actually read it and um, there wasn't, something had dissolved the, that anti-Christ will or that anti-God will, the blocks that had been there or even to Wayne, Sweet Wayne Dyer or The Matrix Yes. Had, had softened 
and the words began to sink in and mm -hmm. um, I could say I, I really dug in the January of 2018, dug into a, a three intense three-year period of the course. Um, and I, I joke with family and friends like, oh, med school was the warm-up for the course. <laughs> like I, that, now I see, oh, med school prepared me so that I could um, hit, hit the course the way I, I did med school studies. And not that it needs to be done that way. It was just the path that I had to go through. Just like you said, Bill, so many questions, so many questions that something needed answers to. And of course, now we know they're just beliefs and changeable and really <laughs> doesn't matter anyways, but it was exactly what I needed at that time. And um, love the course, love the course. Yeah, I, I love the, see, I, I really love that approach, Jenny, because um, you, it, you're describing how the course, even if we don't believe it, if we don't agree with it, uh, if we're skeptical, it has a way of dissolving, melting away or softening, as you said, that uh, resistance or that uh, skepticism in, in the background by just doing the course. And all, all of a sudden, the mind shifts and it becomes more open to uh, to hearing. It becomes more open to listening and and being open minded, and so that content, so that a, a resonant uh, truth can have uh, can have a place that it can be can it can be heard, and that's what I'm hearing from you, and. And and I love the uh, I love the idea that uh, that that you um, you approached it like uh, <laughs> like a med an school experiment. Student. Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely an experiment, and I and I I really I uh, <laughs> it just cracks me up now. But I was really like, okay, Jesus, really, you show me. Yeah. I mean, I I. I challenged him or it, I, because I really, that's, I didn't believe it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I but I wanted is... to, I wanted to bill because what the court, the promises of the course rang aligned with that happy, joyous and free. So I, yeah. I wanted it to be true. Right. Right. Well, and I think that's why, it's important to uh, to know why the course is is written in in religious language, some Christian, a lot of Christian language. It's written as an Eastern tradition. In fact, one of the scribes, Bill Thetford, says or said while he was still uh, in uh, alive. He said that the Course in Miracles is a Western version of Advaita Vedanta. And, you know, he was quite a, he was a professor, he was academic, and he really, when, when the Course came into his experience, it was not something that he was, had the slightest interest in. 
And he was also a skeptic and a psychologist, but he was also, you know, pretty smart. And when something came in on his radar, he he would verify it just like a scientist would, just like you would, just like you did. And for for, for Christians, the course comes in with language and then begins to undo a lot of the myth myths that come from the Christian dogma that come from the, the, uh, the thousands of years of misscribing <laughs> and yeah. mis miswriting what was being transmitted. Uh, but there's enough Christian language in there fr from, I was a, a past Christian and there was enough Christian language in there to, to draw me in to say, wow, that, that, take on that verse way makes way more sense than than what I've been told that that means. And so it pulled me in as uh, being a more logical reference to some of these spiritual ideas. Absolutely. I also want to put a clarification. I what I learned from my Catholic upbringing, I take responsibility for. It may not have even been what they were trying to teach me, but it was what I heard and learned from it. Yeah. And yes, the course, it is uniquely Western, like you said. And what maybe if anyone hears nothing is that it can be something that can be worked on. We can put effort and energy into a spiritual development and results will happen. We, in the, in a, what I gathered trickled down from my um, forays into Eastern philosophies that you're not supposed to seek or that it, it just is. But when you're on the side of understanding, even what that means at all, that's not helpful. But you can work on it and go for it and put the time and energy. And it's often just reading or, or skipping around on YouTube and, and listening to teachers. That's what's so wonderful about the internet now. And, and don't, if something pulls you to spend your time and energy, go for it. And, and, you know, only the separate self would say, but it's not something you're supposed to work at. I don't know. I, I, I disagree. And, and, and my story is no, if it is related to desire and if you feel the pull, just go for it. The same intensity of desire that created a world is the, is the desire to know our true nature. I agree with you. Still fine-tuning on the hows and stuff. And I I do think the what was appealing in both uh, the course and coming into Rupert's teaching in non-dualism is the lack of what a spiritual life looks like. It's not true that you have to join a monastery or go to an ashram or meditate all day or sell all your stuff and follow some guru. Like that's actually not true. And when I really 
get down to thinking about it, that's a perpetuation of a lie that it's um, undoable now. The kingdom of heaven is now, here, wherever you are. Yeah. And there's no, you know, diets or special prayers or, you know, when you start thinking you have to do all these things, which, which I did, you know, as a physician, you know, feeling comfortable in, in my stuff and with family, I have children and a husband that I adore not wanting to, I mean, something really wanted to go and just do those things. Cause there is a little bit like, this means nothing to me anymore. And I want to, I want that. And so I had to, you know, you step into discernment, you know, which voice in my mind is talking. And I am very skeptical still of my voice sometimes still in a period of discernment. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. that, you know, the separate self just wants to take off and go to India. Um, but that's not, I think the world needs people all over exactly where they are, who know our true shared identity, as you said, you know, the one infinite being of consciousness, and it's going to look different all over the place, all over the place. You know, Ram Das said it, you know, the bus driver, the gardener, the teacher, the priest. I mean, we need all these different forms, as you mentioned, to share the content, which is um, multifaceted. I mean, the the content is the same. The forms are multifaceted and and that's what we need. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, I'm glad you, clarified that because you don't uh, that that part about the kingdom of heaven is here right now it's not some and you don't need a guru to 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 get there you don't need any special uh teaching however something like a course in miracles something like a non-dual understanding can really support you and helping you to uh to to see beyond the uh traditional uh ideas because we were lost i mean for thousands of years we've been lost in the dogma of the bible and other traditions that are like that that just aren't true and if you take that verse that i mentioned and and you mean Western culture as a whole yes. or United yes, 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 States yes. in particular. Yeah. 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 And if you take that verse about the rich young ruler, lots of people like, you remember the Hari Krishnas and the, and there's all of the, in the Jehovah's witnesses, there's a lot of, of cults out there. And, and I think, I mean, part, I'm sorry if you're a Catholic, I think the cult, the Catholic, the Catholic <laughs> church is a pretty big cult, but I think that a lot of cults come out of those, those teachings, and you don't have to sell everything to follow, to find the truth and 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 happiness and the things that uh, that you know those things that when you were talking about the twelve step, I, I think the twelve step program is probably the most powerful um, uh, 
idea, spiritual idea in the world that will draw people to the truth of their of their own essential self. The 12 step program is is amazing. I I haven't been in it, but I have had lots of friends and family that have been in it. And when I look at that and I look at the the teaching of a course in miracles or non-duality, it's high up there with them. And it influences millions and millions of people to look for an alternative to the disaster of life that they set up for themselves. This is an, a first answer that there's a power that's higher than themselves. There's a consciousness that overrides all experience in a bodysuit. I love the 12-step program. Absolutely. And Bill, just thinking about it, really the big book for Alcoholics Anonymous was really the first text in this curriculum. And I believe that the world is a Mad Lib. Did you ever do Mad Libs? You know, you fill out the verbs and the nouns and the adjectives and you change it. I mean, that's that's what it is. You know, my verbs and nouns and adjectives might be different than yours, but underneath it all, we're the same. So if you just took alcoholism out and you could put almost anything else in there, you know, um, gambling, sex, food, uh, exercise, you know, all these, anything that you attach yes. to. And, and no attachment is inherently bad. It's only if it is causing any suffering um, that it needs, all it is is asking to be looked at. So even if, if no one does anything but say, hey, maybe I'll take a look at that big book, which is free online, um, you know, and just take out the word alcoholism and, and put in there, you know, obsession with good sleep or obsession with pure water. I mean, there's the myriad of them in this country. It's crazy. So, um, but yeah, the, just realizing the concept of a higher power of your own understanding, yes. my own understanding, realizing I, what, I was allowed to deconstruct God and uh, put together what maybe my relationship with God looks like. I mean, it's radical. And it's wonderful. And another help for me during this time is listening to um, Alan Watts, who was a, a, a British man in the 60s and, you know, kind of a beatnik. And um, he, there's lots of stuff in YouTube on him. But he just really went for the throat of the Christian Anglican teachings of, of sin and really at the heart of so much uh, what I did was rooted in guilt, you know, bad this, bad that, and it just needed to all be undone. Um, undone. I, can't, I can't blame the Catholic Church or my parents or teachers. I mean, I, I take full responsibility, but it just had to be undone. Yes, yes. It, it was a good start. I, I'm grateful for all of the Christian uh, uh a teaching that brought us to where we are. I, I, I wouldn't have wanted to have been part of the great crusades that, that <laughs> looked brutal and, yeah. and awful. And I would not want to have been in that. Uh, and, 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 so there's say, some fear. 
they got a little off track there, you know, <laughs> yeah. the inquisition too comes to mind. <laughs> oh man. But, but I'm grateful for it because somehow consciousness, I mean, it knows what it's doing. We are where we are. And the good news is that nobody gets left behind. No, there's, there's not one iota of, of personhood or uh, this uh, form of, of consciousness that isn't returning or and and going to have the direct experience of itself again, and so the the good news is is that nobody loses. I I, I love that yeah. idea. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. And and because we are all one, truly all one, everything is for only good. Yeah. And the yeah. highest good for everyone involved. You know, I. I suffered because I had this tiny sliver of perception and it was a belief that I was alone and separate from everything else. And, oh, vehemently independent. I mean, to, to a fault independent. Um, of course, there's no faults, no sins. So it was just what it was. <laughs> but, um, you know, what a relief to go through and open my minded experience into a sense of dependency and interdependence and being willing to say, I don't know. And I don't understand how this is working. I mean, right now we, with this stuff that's going on in the world, I don't understand how this all working, but I trust that it is for the highest good for all involved. And yeah, it's just a well, the Jenny, the what you just said, um, I, I like. I, I I just really want to uh, mention that the the ideas that are that are offered in the course in the non dual teaching, uh, even though uh, you just said that you trust that everything is unfolding as it should. These paths are not blind trust paths. They're, they're not, even though concepts begin, we begin with the concepts that are, that, that lead to an, uh, a, an understanding. And it's an understanding that you just described a few minutes ago as discerning, as discernment of the experience this these concepts become um, they be, they become imbued at, with an intelligence that is a visceral experience that we can call discernment, right? Yes, yes, beautiful, and that was part of what appealed to me was. Um, with my scientist background, and so that's hypothesis and theories and experiments and ruling out what doesn't fit. Um, I almost, I, I'm speaking from where I am now, but every step of the way, I almost had to go from sources outside of my primary text to, to verify its truth. <laughs> and um, the the thing I think that deeply appealed to me about the course is that it's based on logic and rational thinking. It's the use of intellect to take you 
to a spiritual place. And, um, and, and that appealed to, to my mind and, and what, what worked for me. It, it's almost, I think of the course as a series of essays and each little section kind of um, a point is made with logical, inductive, both inductive reasoning and deductive reasoning um, showing how a belief I might have is false and then showing me how a new belief that the course is teaching can be true. And um, just the more that you open yourself, I mean, that's what's wonderful about beliefs. Beliefs can be changed. Um, yeah. You know, so ultimately there are no beliefs and we're not going to matter. How, how, does, how did we get here? You know, ultimately, I think Jesus says, well, when you are able to know, you're not going to want to know. So that, that cracks <laughs> me up. Yeah, you know, yeah. like when you're going to finally understand, you're not even going to care. So I'm not going to waste any time on that. You know, that appealed to me too. Um, right. But um, yeah. The the uh, I, I the way you just put that that it, it's it it moves beyond it moves beyond academics, but it uses academics to bring you to a conclusion that this must be true, and 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 it it, it gives someone uh, the the experience of testing it before they without having to jump in there's no blind faith when you get to that point of deductive reasoning exactly no and that's my challenge i mentioned earlier to jesus about doing the workbook is in the intro to the workbook he literally says you don't have to believe these ideas you don't have to just do them just try them because they since they're rooted in truth with a capital t reality, you know, God, I'm comfortable using the name God, but that's just a name and it has the name of God as many forms. It does the work and it, it does, it starts with a little bit of willingness. I talked about this great drive and will and desire, but it started teeny tiny. Um, just like, I wanted it to be true. I did. I just wanted it to be true. And it was teeny yeah. tiny. And I, and I, you know, I kept that skepticism as long as I could, but yeah. in, when you start living with these ideas and they prove to be true, it becomes a very real experience. Yes. And, and, you know, Bill, I needed, um, I, when I first picked up nature of consciousness by uh, I'm trained and practice in anesthesia. And so consciousness is always a thing. And I, I couldn't read Rupert from the beginning either because I needed the course. I, I needed to, I needed that background of slowly undoing false beliefs and thoughts that rattled around in my mind um, mm -hmm. before I could even begin to 
understand um, what what Rupert teaches and other non-dual teachers. Yes, yes. Like Francis Lucille that you mentioned. Um, yeah. Well, and and I did too. I need. I don't. I couldn't have started with Rupert's teaching, but I needed to end up there because uh, I needed to start with the Christian thing because I first started that path and I was seeking God and Jesus and was, you know, very connected to that teaching. And when it wasn't panning out for me, when, when I started realizing just intuitively that God can't be fear and love at the same time, how is that possible? that those don't fit together. And I just knew that. And, and then how does God call some people's uh, behavior an abomination so they don't have access to God? And what about these people that don't accept Jesus as their personal savior? They're just, they, they all go to hell. And it just, parts of it just didn't add up. Yeah. So I needed the course to undo the belief system and the dogma and then when I f- got to the in after finishing the course, probably eight times reading it cover to cover and doing the workbook lessons eight complete times, I got to the to the point of going, OK, so when <laughs> is the, how many people do you know reading the course that are awake? Well, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody that was actually had an awakening experience even though the course points to it from all different directions, and it has a really great application of the psychological undoing. And as you said earlier, the softening comes in. And what happens is the course uses the back door into your psyche to, to remove the obstacles to the awareness of love's presence. Mm -hmm. And it, it just dismantles, those obstacles. And if you're at the point when you've, uh, after reading the course of a time or two, if, if you're sufficiently removed the obstacles to the awareness of love's presence, now you're living in awareness of love's presence as a natural state. And the non-dual teaching comes in and says, okay, this is where you are. Or this is what you are. And for me, it came in to it came into a fertile ground of understanding that was ready to receive and live the non-dual understanding, to receive and live the direct experience. Yes, I I'm with you there, Bill. And I I was my mind was right for the teachings when um, as you mentioned, the book study a couple months ago, Being Myself, uh, Rupert's latest book, amazing. And he, it's so direct experience is exactly true. Everyone, anyone listening to this right now knows what we're talking about, even if you don't think you do. Um, and it's, uh, for me, it really gave coherence to everything. And I was able to make that leap out of the intellect and into experiencing what it means to 
know your true self and the true nature of our relationship with God and, and everyone. Um, it, it's amazing. And it's, it's just, it's real. This love thing. It's the force of the universe. It's the energy, you know, quantum physics, there is no particulate matter. I mean, now we have sub quark, over 200 of them, they're trying to name them all. They're, they, and we will never find a particle of matter that exists. I love that. I'm like, well, they can keep looking as long as they want to. It's not going to be found, you know, as we get more powerful and powerful electron microscopes. I mean, it, it's just hilarious because wow. what the space is the real stuff, what we can't what, what the body senses don't show us is the power of the universe. And I call it love because it has a, such a beneficence that once you realize, man, it's really good, like super good, yeah. um, it, it's a power and it's real. Well, I love, I mean, I, 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 I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, and uh, I, although I, I love anesthesiologists, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love you guys, because I love that feeling when you're counting backwards and all of a sudden you're gone. You know, I, I don't know where you go, but it's a nice experience. Well, it's wild, Bill. Um, you know, another podcast, how I got into that, but... Um, yes, we don't, this might be too much information. We don't know how anesthesia works. We just know that it does work because there is no locus of consciousness in the brain. It, it doesn't exist. So, um, you know, what I do, uh, in, in, in helping patients get through their um, surgery they need or their chronic pain needs, I, uh, it, it, it also adds up to everything that I've learned um, through my studies and stuff. I also do want to add, though, that um, it came to me clear as day one morning that it was time to hang up my stethoscope, and it didn't it wasn't when, but I, um, I, one day driving into work, I knew that it was my last day of driving into work. This was uh, about two years ago. And what happened, Bill, is I was noticing that I couldn't, in, in my costume as an anesthesiologist, I was inauthentically relating to patients with this idea that the surgery was going to help feel better. So um, I felt I was, I was hearing that the problem really was in the way someone was thinking. And um, I, I just wanted, I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself out there. I don't know what's next for me, but I, I'm open and, and willing and, um, wanting to be of use in in healing and um wow i yeah well that's uh you know that's a huge step to go from a, a doctor anesthesiologist 
to uh, saying, I'm hanging up. I had, I got this input. I got this intuition with a strong feeling that I'm, uh, I'm hanging up my stethoscope. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty much like stepping off the cliff. <laughs> I know. I know. And I, I still carry my stethoscope in my car. Like if it's ever needed, I mean, I, um, love what I do or did. And, and I may go back to that. I mean, I, I'm open to anything, but just, um, realizing that to wherever I am is where I'm supposed to be. And just yeah. being true to that, you know, the whole authentic self, the, as you dig in spiritually, you actually realize your authentic self. And, and for me, you know, found it even lovable mm. when I was not uh, that way for, for decades. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that, even though you made a statement that said, you don't have to sell everything and, and follow a guru and you don't have to do this or that. What I'm hearing and, and seeing is that, there's there's a sense in which you don't you you realize that there's something about knowing the self that is is so compelling that it draws you to a conclusion that you really need to investigate this uh understanding and it would be good if you didn't sell all your stuff. I mean, this is just my opinion. It would be good if you in, do the investigation first, because that's the only thing that's that the yearning to know is it, it's coming online. And uh, it, it, you 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 end up finding yourself saying, well, I'm going to hang up my stethoscope and for now, because I want to I want to follow this this pull and see what it is. I want to, I want to experience something that feels like it's very real. And uh, I, I did the same thing. I was a general contractor. I uh, stopped doing all of that, but then I find that now that I am no longer seeking, I know the truth that sets us free. I know the, I am uh, as awareness, as presence. And now I may build a house. I may do this or do that. And, and those skill sets come back in, but I do it living from an, a whole new uh, uh, place of being. So we don't know, but you, you but That's your heart awesome. does, your heart does uh, uh, ring true to draw you to discover the I am presence. It draws you to the self awareness, to self beingness and then from there you just go about your way from uh, a whole new with a whole new set of um understanding and and you will influence everything that you come in contact with from there exactly just doing what i'm doing right now i i'm enjoying life I think there's a fullness in living that I I wasn't aware of before. And I just, I mean, I call it a pilot light of hope. 
And if anyone listening has that feeling, that sense, that deep down inside, whatever you want to call it, um, that it's true and real and just listen and follow. No, no particular path, um, no particular curriculum dictated. It will dictate itself to you. But just to know that the, the living as a person in time and space with a name and a job and it is not what it's all about you know who can squirrel up the most nuts and in a vault um you know the um absurdity I mean certainly it can seem senseless sometimes and just like you said it's uh senseless in a good way and it's all part of it and and Mm -hmm. not to judge it but that if if you know when I thought the world was senseless and pointless and had decades of chronic suicidal ideation there (laughs) there was just a sense there there has to be something more to living Mm, and the good news is there is there is so yeah so we this the name of this uh, show. I mean, besides the the awareness podcast, is living the non dual understanding, ah. and 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 so we're talking about living this non dual understanding, living <laughs> the, the I am that I am experience that the course points to, the non dual direct path. Um, uh, Re- not only not only uh, resonates to, but it, the non-dual direct path and, and the thing that brought us together was being myself. It's that understanding of being myself is right here. Yeah. R- right now in this direct experience. And, you know, Rupert's next book that we're going to start in April is called uh, You Are the Happiness That You Seek. Oh, I love that title. Yeah, you are the happy. That's his next book. It's not. It's not on. It's. I think you can uh, pre-order it right now. But that's the next book study. You are the happiness that you seek. This is a. Uh, you know, this is the. I feel that it's. We're on this ladder of awakening, and these are just rungs on the ladder because this understanding just is expansive, and ever growing into itself. And the non-dual understanding is the vehicle that is being used to bring us there. If you could take us for a minute, what what do you see the uh, the cause or the experience of the shift going from a course in miracles to the non-dual understanding? How how has that worked out for you? Can you describe that? Sure, I I will try. Um, Again, I will take responsibility for um, what I learned and heard, um, regardless of maybe what I was taught by teachers and um, that there was a couple things that that fell short to me um, from what I gathered from the course. And I love the course and I still find myself reading it every day. So I'm, I'm uh, no 
interest in um, cutting that out. But that there seemed to, I understood it as like that the world is not real and that there's this place of realness that's called heaven and, and we're all spiritual beings there. And that didn't quite sit with me because that also, that didn't jive with the, the kingdom of heaven is now kind of thinking. And that as long as there's any fishing pole with a big fat worm sticking on the end of it, some promise in the future, that's not what it's about. So that was the one part that um, was echoing for me. And the non-dual teaching is definitely that it is here and it is now. And of course, the when you dig into the Hindu and, and Buddhist and Zen teachings are all about that, that it's right here and now. Like washing the dishes after dinner, I can experience the joyful peace that I am. And that ties into the second thing about the course. I kind of came away with this idea that I was supposed to have some kind of special function, some kind of thing that I was supposed to do in the world. And that, and which is true, we all our functions are special. There's, there's not less, you know, one function less special than another, but the idea that it was not what I'm doing right now. And, and I understood that mistakenly because whatever it is that anyone is doing right now, and it could be taking the recycling bin to the curb. I mean, it's what you're supposed to be doing right now. And so then the, the I learned that there was kind of like these body things that the ego drives and they're sort of not good things to do, not sins, but not good things to do. And that there were the other things and they were spiritual. And although there's no um, picture of what that spiritual being looks like, but it, you know, that it, you know, I, I knew I can't just read the course all day. How is that going out there? So the non-dual teachings really brought that. And particularly, I think, um, just in the chapter we just did, when, when you really take non-dualism to its end, what starts as a desire for personal spiritual growth and development becomes this mechanism for reaching out to everyone and everything everywhere. And you realize that just by doing my cleaning up my curb, to use that expression, changes uh, and echoes out through the ether sphere um, to this sounds, you know, flighty, but, you know, to raise the vibration of of everyone mm. and that that's my special function. Doesn't matter right now. It's looking like walking the dog, running errands, you know, occasionally teaching a class, you know. Um, but just sitting there and being cool with it, 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of our time, Jenny. Thank you for being a guest on the Awareness Podcast. And uh, thank you, everyone, for being with us. Jenny, do you have any final uh, goodbye words? No, just hello, welcome. I mean, I love you all. Mm. Uh, good. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank Bill. you. Bye, everyone. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Awareness Podcast. Please remember to subscribe so that you receive a notification each time a new episode is released. Be sure to tune in next Friday for Come Empty with Jackie Greggs and Anne Blanchard in an episode entitled The Journey to Awakening. The Awareness Podcast is brought to you by the Teachers of God Foundation in association with Pure Presence Conferences.